we are back live here on main stage. A very warm welcome uh, to uh, all of you again. And so I'm uh, joined here by uh, Andrew Wilson and Louisa Perry. And so let me put them uh, on uh, in the spotlight here. Uh, so uh, Louisa, in a nutshell, could you maybe introduce yourself first? Thank you, Hendrik, and uh, hello, everyone. I hope you're enjoying SoFest. Um, I'm Louisa Perry, and I've been a headhunter for 25 years. Um, currently, I'm the head of practice for the digital and technology part of Savannah Group. We are a global search and consulting firm working with global clients to find their technology leaders, whether that's CIOs, CDOs, CISOs, to help drive the business and technology agendas. Okay, thank you for that, Louisa. Andrew. Could you please introduce yourself? Hi. And I'm Andrew. I am a technology leader. I'm a CDO. Uh, hi, Louisa. Hello, Hendrik. Hello, everyone. Um, currently, I'm the CDO at Microsoft. Uh, I've been the CIO at Accenture. I've um, had a great career and a fun time leading big transformations, running big, big mission-critical services like the London Stock Exchange and airlines and flight systems and been involved in escalations in the middle of the night. And uh, uh, I love technology transformation. There's never been a better time to be in technology. It's it's vital to the world and uh, great to be here today and looking forward to the conversation. Thank you for being with us, Andrew. And I'm going to give the word now to Louisa, who's going to do the interview with you. I'm going to get out of the way. See you in uh, 20 minutes or so. Thank you, Hendrik. Um, yeah, good to see you, Andrew. And uh, brilliant to have you here. Um, I suppose we'd be fascinated if you could tell us a little bit about your background, first of all, and how did you arrive at being CDO at uh, Microsoft? Sure. Um, so uh, I'm from the northeast coast of England, as you can tell by my accent, but I'm now an American. Um, I, uh, I've uh, grown up really um, out of uh, a technology and business background. I went to Loughborough University in the UK. Uh, and then um, wanted to work in technology, but not be a traditional consultant. So in those days, back in the, dare I say it, late 80s um, in the UK, it was the beginning of what became the technology outsourcing world, um, an ability for organizations to he seek help from other organizations, in my case, from the one that became Accenture, um, really to help them with technology transformation, as we now call it. And through that, I ended up uh, working with some great clients, uh, initially in the UK and then increasingly all over the world, uh, got to do some things they should never have let a young lad from the northeast of England do, like run the stock exchange. Um, and really, as technology evolved through client server and then ultimately network refresh and infrastructure refresh and then ultimately cloud to really help guide customers uh, in a whole series of industries on what it means to change and what it means to be able to operate with all of this new capability that we have at our disposal now. Um, I was uh, a CEO in GE for a little while, GE Capital, um, and then um, went back to what was then Accenture and was a little bit tired of being crisis manager. So put my hand up and said, can I be the CIO, Chief Information Officer, which meant I ran the technology that ran Accenture. Uh, Accenture is very big. It's got over 600,000 people now. And so I was running some of the biggest instances or the biggest instances of some of the most famous technology postures like Microsoft. Microsoft Teams and Windows 10 as it was then, now 11. Uh, and through that, I got to know and become a good friends with the Microsoft leadership um, because I was often on stage spending time talking about how we were using technology to drive real business value. 
And um, after seven years at uh, CIO at Accenture, um, I thought, well, perhaps a change of fascia. The CDO role at Microsoft is very similar. We don't have a CIO. So the CDO role is about digital transformation and using modern technology to change the tech that runs Microsoft itself so it can be agile and out there as the preeminent hyperscaler helping everyone in the world um, drive themselves into the, the new realms that digital offer. And that's, that's my yeah. life in a, in a nutshell. Thank you for the summary. And it's interesting to hear that you don't have a CIO and that it's all lumped into uh, your remit. So, yeah. Nah. Yeah, as you know, I think um, organizations cut roles and scope quite differently. CDO, CTO, CIO. Um, in the end, as long as there's a tech team that's leveraging yep. platforms to run a business, um, yeah, the, the title can be any one of a number of things. But yeah, we uh, we combine both together. Well, I promised Hendrik that I would ask you about the data economy, which is what we're here to talk about today. So I suppose we'd be really interested to understand how you look at this and how companies could be more successful in leveraging the value of data that they have. I think modern digital is not about technology and systems of record and transaction processing anymore. Modern digital is about customer experience, employee experience, data, insights, AI, and how a technology enablement function, such as the one I run, can help a business thrive in this new world where every company needs to have strong core technology capabilities in it to thrive and, and survive and thrive. So I think data is absolutely fundamental. You'd expect me to say that, I suppose, but, but, but it, it really is. I mean, any digital transformation strategy needs to be thinking about data. And data is not simply a sort of technology question. Data is, is a reflection really of the way a company has grown up, its culture, it's the way work is done in a company. It's the view a company has with its relationship with its customers and its employees. Data is something that is typically distributed. Um, it's something that needs curating, managing, governing just as much as underlying technology systems. And I think uh, organizations around the world are realizing that um, and realizing that there's a lot of trapped value in organizational and systems of record. Uh, and ownership of data, fiefdoms, and things like that. Put all of that together, and a company may not be able to operate or be agile or be as flexible or as current or as successful, candidly, unless it modernizes its approach to data. And that modernization has a whole series of characteristics around making that data available, transparent, accessible, but well-governed. Um, being able to demonstrate, you know, increasingly high levels of compliance in regulatory regimes across different industries, but then being able to use the power of modern technology to actually create insights and to be able to arm the business with something it's never had before, connected data, yeah. uh, bringing the data together through one of any number of technologies, being able to uh, basically create an informed organization. So the, the organization I run, um, and the one I used to run as well, um, started to really build up a data science capability. Um, individuals who um, were not really technologists in isolation, but could think about how to look after data, optimize it, present it, and then really allow the business to, to, to gain access to something it's, it's always had and yet has never had access to before. So I think data is, is huge. The other thing is, as culture changes within an organization, um, the, the, the democratization of data, it's often called, is a huge phenomenon. Uh, putting 
the power of all of that data into the hands of individuals, but in a way that meets security and privacy controls and all of that is a major shift and change in the way any organization is going to work. And yet probably it has to. So I think this data economy, you know, it's one of the key and absolute measures of what will make business successful in the future, um, which is why there's never been a better time to be the technologist helping them do that. Absolutely. Um, and not, I mean, the, the data agenda is not for the faint hearted. Uh, uh, it's uh, the role you play is mission critical, right? In, in what you've just described. It so, is. I mean, yeah. it, it, it's sales, marketing, finance, yeah. facilities. It's um, uh, one of the one of the major new areas of sustainability. Uh, yeah. I, I would I could foresee a time soon when an organization's ability to demonstrate um very clearly its performance against sustainability goals is as important and as regulated as it currently is with Sarbanes-Oxley and you know and financial control processes so so data's always going to be here it's growing and i think and i think if anything you know technology organizations or the technology ecosystem generally a lot of emphasis has gone into thinking about how systems have been managed curated and have moved to the cloud data's a little bit behind that and yet an organization's ability to look after data um, yeah. and to leverage it is um, is going to continue well beyond you know, tidying the systems of record up. Well, it's interesting what you say about sustainability in these new areas coming into your remit. Perhaps um, for the audience, you could just explore a little bit more the role of the CDO and where you see that being. And maybe if there's any business models that you think could help companies harness you know, further value from their data assets. So maybe some examples and perhaps you could just... Um, advise on you know what digital leaders should be focusing on thank you andrew i think i think the cdo is um at the intersect of understanding the business it, the business needs and so first and foremost the, the cdo must be um practiced in and able to navigate the business that she or he is serving so um now, I happen to be the CDO in a technology organization, so it's sort of a bit obvious because it's yeah. the technology. But yeah, whether it's it, 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 across industry, you know, a strong persona and understanding and credential there is key because you need to be a mission critical advisor to all aspects of the business. So you've got the industry dimension, then you've got all of the business process dimension across all of the enterprise functions like HR and marketing, finance and legal. And that's that's a subset of the full list. Um, and then you've got to be, um, you've got to demonstrate clear expertise in this very rapidly changing ecosystem of modern technology capabilities. I mean, in the data space alone, how you can create enterprise data lakes, data governance, um, being very, very um, aware of and able to assimilate new things like responsible AI, because with data comes artificial intelligence and all of that. So you've got a nexus of all of these things in the role. Um, I always describe it almost as the internal consultant. In the old days, um, technologists who were pretty often then called CIO um, were order taking and they were, they were responding to the requirements of the business and building systems of records, platforms, data centers, things like that. The world has moved on. So the CDO has a far bigger toolkit, but that toolkit isn't something that the CDO necessary will build themselves. Um, we have the hyperscaler clouds, we have software as a service solutions, we have analytic capabilities, we have big data capabilities. Um, you can bring all of these things together, workflow capabilities like Microsoft Dynamics, you can bring all of these things together 
and I always describe it as you're orchestrating, you're brokering, you're integrating, you're leveraging. And then because software is more malleable than ever, yes, you will create things with um, things like Microsoft Power Platform, uh, democratize code, um, and you'll do that alongside that data transformation we were talking about. Um, and then present that set of capabilities to the business in a manner that they can assimilate and consume it. So there's an education element. Uh, you know, advanced AI and insights are not something that, you know, you, the, the phone's going to ring and say, I'll have three units of that, please. So yeah. helping the business understand what the potential now is and how it should leverage and draw on it is all in the remit of, you know, whether it's the CDO or the CIO. That's very much how I see the role. Yeah, and there's so much to do, isn't there? So I'd be interested in your, your view and how Microsoft, um, you know, would, would suggest you become more data centric. Microsoft loves testing things on itself. Um, we call it dog fooding or customer zero or enterprise proving or anyone a number of other labels. We, um, we've been for the last two, two and a half years on a program of modernizing our data estate. So Microsoft was a real classic example of what we see in a lot of our customers and many, and many, many organizations. Um, so, you know, in the case of Microsoft, it's been around since 1975. It's got a long history. It's operated through various eras, eras of different types of product and service, different channels to customer, different ways in which it's recorded relationships with customer and different organization structures and the data and the systems as well that are associated with all of those eras and products and services um we're all very present still in the microsoft of today it's a, you know, a mirror into history um we needed to connect rationalize make transparent make auditable that data because like many enterprise we needed to know you know what data we had where was it who is using it, why, and with what outcome? And those are simple questions, but in most organizations, I, I would suggest that knowing who's using what, where, why, and when um, is a very, very challenging thing to actually pin down. And yet it's critical because are they using the right data? Uh, is the data consistent? Is it being um, curated uh, in an appropriate manner for the compliance regime and the regulatory regime for the industry that you happen to be in? Um, you know, and then some mundane questions like you know, the storage costs and the efficiency, are, are they all there? At Microsoft, we had all of that and more. So we have an enterprise data lake. Um, we've ingested probably 80%-ish of the data that we'd ultimately like to see in there. You would ask why not 100%, and that's because um, you have to prove internally within the culture and politics of any organization that the data is safe that the data that is perceived to be owned by certain corporate functions uh, can actually be made readily available through appropriate governance um, to a broader community that can then create connected insights. Um, so we're doing that. Um, we've yeah. got users in all of the areas I was listing earlier. So um, across one of the, the, the most powerful things is to create a view, single view of customer. Um, if you've got 30 odd years plus 40 years plus of organizational heritage and systems um, with records of users, it's very hard to work out what your user is using and to get that single view of the customer. Yeah. And yet from a customer experience, wouldn't any customer want an organization to know who they are, what they're using, how they're using it, 
across all of the things they've enjoyed over the years, including the modern way in which we consume cloud services. So to get that single view of customer through a, through a curated hierarchy and have it available across services is a huge and powerful step. There are many others uh, I, where we have lots of teams, we call them field teams around the world looking after customers. Um, there's a huge amount of product and service offering coming out of Microsoft. How does data help a team understand what they should be talking to a customer about? And all of the telemetry there about what the customer is using, what products and services are available, what's relevant to the industry. They can't do it all alone. So that's a combination of data and AI. Um, and uh, so that uh, the the use of physical space is changing mm -hmm. post pandemic. We have digital twins that model and emulate our buildings, um, all very rich in terms of a data landscape, internet of things forming a real time view. By the way, all of that's needed for the sustainability point that we were discussing. Um, you know, data is everywhere, quite literally. Um, and so what we've done at Microsoft is say, can we prove that all of these use cases are real? Can we show the power of a, of a governed enterprise data lake? Um, we have uh, Azure Purview, which is the way in which you can contain and understand your data, but still make it readily available to everyone that, who should be using it for the purposes they should be using it for, uh, and giving you that transparency that I was talking about earlier. Um, and so now we're, um, we are a data science organization. We are creating the ability to bring the act of computing data um, to the data itself as, a, as opposed to taking data away, copying it, messing it about, putting it in a system. We're creating something that's scalable enough. Um, one of the other challenges where data sits um, is often not where it can be best processed because it's come out of a function or a transaction processing era or realm. But what you need is big data capability and capacity that Kyle can bring. So we talk about computing at the lake. We talk about federation. We talk about all of the things which inform you know, a rich data strategy. Um, and we're educating uh, ourselves. Um, and we're doing that as a playbook then that we can then share with our customers. So that's very much what's going on in Microsoft right now. Maybe I could uh, in, uh, um, add a question here uh, that we got from, uh, from our viewers. And that is, um, they want to know how have you organized the data scientists at, at Microsoft? Are they inside uh, IT? Are they outside IT? Do you have a competence center with all with all of them together? How, what's the organization part in, uh, for data science? So I've traditionally called it Enterprise Insight. And when I was at Accenture, I did the same thing where I did. So there, it, it, technically the answer to your question is they're inside IT, mm -hmm. but I don't think IT is the right label for the modern technology enablement organization because um, IT is associated with um, perhaps a spec and an infrastructure um, dimension and lens um, and typically refers to the team that used to run the systems or still does run the systems. And by the way, that's all really important, still needed. Um, but the data scientists sit in a, a center of excellence. Um, I find it helpful where you can bring together ownership of the lake, mm -hmm. um, the capability which are the data scientists, but also the reporting um, responsibilities that exist today within the within the organization. Oh. So in the Accenture days, um, uh, I created Enterprise Insight with all of that there. 
quite quite importantly to remember to switch things off as well as switch things on um, that insight of record that report of record um, replacing old batch processing um, you, you need to modernize both the data estate and the way it's used in an organization we've done the same thing at Microsoft I have a data team um, that own the lake they are the data scientists um, I don't think, though, it's it's a binary answer necessary to the question that's relevant in every case. A hub and spoke model is fine. What you have when you have a central data team is a curated foundational capability. Um, you've got um, then a toolbox, but we're out there educating the business and the business teams to be able to use this. Um, so they don't come to the data team for every service, they can work with the data themselves. They do not lose access or control of the data which they're responsible for. In fact, they can now see what they're doing with it and what anyone else is doing with it if they say give them the authority. And so Hub and Spoke is there as well. Um, I compare it to code democratization where um, the ability to um, use these new capabilities is something that you don't want to lock up in a single team. You want the entire business team to be enabled and to be able to benefit from it. Um, so it's a little bit of both. I call it hub and spoke. You need you need the hub because otherwise you don't have the alignment, the standardization. But um, as I said earlier, we're doing quite a lot of training that's helping the organization more broadly start to leverage this. We're about two, two and a half years in. I think there's a way to go. Um, it's one of those emerging things or evolving things that's going to define digital for the next few years. Okay. And I was, uh, we are running out of time. Oh, out of time. Your last question, Louisa. I, now we need to write I, I've got so many for Andrew. But I'm, I'm going to ask. I mean, it feels like data has been the buzzword for forever. We've got a new name on the block, which is innovation. I'd just be really curious, uh, Andrew, maybe how you would describe, you know, the innovative leader, company, individual of today. Uh, we, we use innovation a lot, don't we? And I think whole books are being written on it. It's a characteristic. It's a behaviour. It's a tone within the culture. It's um, a willingness and ability for um, individuals, leaders, organizational functions to promote and to encourage creativity. Um, I think that's essential for a modern brand. It's essential for an industry and an organization that wants to reimagine its relationship with its customer, re wants to reimagine its products and services. You know, if we had time, we could talk more about the metaverse and how that is essentially a replacement of the, I'll call it the old 2D internet. Um, there's a fusion of things arriving around hybrid work, the way work is done, the culture of work in an organization, what the metaverse will allow, a digital persona in such a world and a realm. Um, it goes way, way, way beyond what we've been doing digitally um, with things like Microsoft Teams, um, through the pandemic, um, any leader that's going to help their own team, their internal users, their business, and their broader customer base navigate all of that needs to be pretty nifty and able to combine these things together cleverly um, and with humor and understanding and compassion and concern over things like you know, being very responsible where things like AI are playing out. All of that, I think, is the innovation agenda. Um, and um, innovation has to be a characteristic of digital. Digital is not just to get to the cloud or use platforms or modernize your apps. Um, those are important fundamental foundational steps, but there's a lot more besides that. Yeah. Thank and you. With, uh, 
we could go on for hours here. There's a, a brilliant conversation. So, Luisa, thank you so much for uh, for being with us here today. Thank you for supporting this. Andrew, I would like to invite you to do a, a leadership deep dive here on a television interview, which is uh, more than an hour long. So uh, there's so many interesting things that we can still discuss, especially the metaverse. So uh, we, we need to, I, I'll, uh, we need to find some time and, and have a discussion on that, if that's fine with you. So thank you, both of you, and I hope to see you soon. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Louisa.